spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. This episode is a very special episode. It is part two of a two-part big epic crossover with the Suicide Squad cast. So guys, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This, as always, my co-host, Jason Goss. Hey! And welcome to the show, Tim and Scott of the Suicide Squad cast. Hello. Hey guys, thank you so much for having us on here. I, I cannot wait to just kind of let some frustration out. Do it, man. We have said this on on our show before by the way but i want to again and uh since you're here officially congratulate you on having a cooler name than us oh thank you very much <laughs> I, I do have to say i really like what you guys have done with this place it's very cool i like it it's very roomy right spread your legs yeah. yeah i still love the fact that we that uh, this is a little inside baseball but uh david and jason and i actually live like 30 minutes away from each other it's so weird yeah isn't that nice that's pretty weird uh, what's up with that shit i mean seriously you guys <laughs> I mean, what is it like? I've suddenly come across all these people from Birmingham that are yeah. big comic book fans. And like, seriously, what are you guys drinking down there? It's the hub, man. Not to disparage some of the recent progress in Alabama or Birmingham in particular, because I could go on about how we've made steps. But we live in Birmingham and we need a fantasy world. <laughs> You know, that's actually a pretty solid argument. Well, not only that, but we need <laughs> we need the the internet to find other people to talk about this shit with. <laughs> right? It is uh, even even uh, like I literally work in downtown Birmingham, and you know, I can drive uh, across it in you know ten minutes with good lights, uh, like from front <laughs> to back. It's a it's a small town, man. It's good to find other people. All right. So before we go any further, I do want to mention this is part two. So we have a link in the description for part one um, on the website on the blog talk radio wherever you're finding this there'll be a link below or just look for suicide squad cast awesome name as jason said earlier mm-hmm. so uh that is a safe for work part one this is not safe for work <laughs> no hell no and you know <laughs> if you haven't you know seen batman and robin in the what 30 years it's been out how long <laughs> spoilers 19 years if you were like tim lucky enough to avoid it for 19 years yes I, I am very proud of that fact by the way and if you want to hear a little bit more about that story tune in to part one and all i have to say is what the hell he's been bitching and moaning on twitter for like two <laughs> weeks now and i'm just in here going whatever i sat through that sucker in the 
theater. I paid money. Well, I didn't pay. My dad paid money. But still, money was paid to see that movie, and I had no escape. This man has started and stopped this movie like three times. I'm like, oh, get over right. yourself. No, 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 no. You're wrong about that. I have actually, this past week, I have started and stopped this movie six times. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Look, I, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> that's bad. I did not see the last half hour of this film literally until about three hours before we recorded. Oh, that's that's bad. I mean, I, I got to say, as far as like the flow and the, the tone and the overall like overarching uh, stories and everything, you missed nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've, I've seen it. I've, I've seen the final half hour. Yeah. It's not like I would have gone, oh, if you just watch it all together, you can really like experience it. And like all you did was was like separate the torture. Prolonged in your life. it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> like, anyone who saw it in the theater just had to watch Uma Thurman overact in fucking 30 feet long face format. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and the fact that she's already like an Amazon anyway, so it's like big yeah. screen and like an incredibly tall woman, which yeah. granted was not was pleasant to look at. Let's, let's be honest here. But <laughs> we're not saying she doesn't fill out the costume. We're saying, <laughs> what the hell were you fucking you know what? thinking? I, you know, uh, 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 f- filling out costumes notwithstanding, her acting job made me feel so sick I couldn't even notice how attractive she supposedly was. <laughs> I, I was just like, ah, ah. And to be clear, you know, I, I've, I'm a completist. I already had the first three on VHS, so I had to get Batman and Robin. And every time I watched them, I had to watch them all. So yeah, I've seen this yeah. thing countless times over the years. Oh, God, I'm, um, so, I'm, I'm so sorry. Wait, wait a minute. So wait, you've done this willingly. Well, kind of. Not willingly. It's it's a form of OCD. It is a form of OCD. Um, But I will say one of my one of my dreams is that somehow I get a hold of all the, like, all of the deleted scenes, everything they shot, and I could recut it and try to make it into a better movie. Do a supercut? I've been wanting to try that for years yeah i've been wanting to try to make a fan edit of this for years so i mean it's not this film but i actually saw this this past week somebody had taken the uh the bruce wayne with the death of his parents from batman forever and had recut it with the soundtrack from batman v superman uh basically the opening scene where you had that wonderful hans zimmer score mm-hmm. and okay. it's amazing what you can do if you just basically kind of change the music and just just kind of reorder scenes so i would love to see that all right that and that hans zimmer score is is phenomenal i i was i was literally i i was jogging the other day and like I, I do that sometimes when I have the willpower and decided I would like turn that on instead of an audiobook. I like I'm sitting there jogging and about halfway through the song I'm like sitting there jogging and fighting back tears yeah it must have looked really yeah. like it must have from this if you were watching from a house it probably looked like I was fighting off like a, 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 a bee attack of some kind <laughs> Yeah, like uh, one of the one of the great stories about um, Back to the Future is that it was such a mundane movie. There wasn't a whole lot of action going on in that movie. Um, and then they got the great Alan Silvestri, obviously known for for Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Forrest Gump, and most notably uh, the Avengers. Now, sorry, DC podcast, but still the Avengers. He did the Avengers. I'm sorry, but he elevated Back to the Future to like you're on the edge of the of your seat with that that score, that famous score. You can't get away from it now. But um, yeah, I mean, music can can really drive. And I'd love to go back in and just take the raw footage of Batman and Robin and just see if I can make something good out of it. I'd love to see that. That's just my weird thing. I don't have all that footage, so this will never happen. By the way, speaking of things that are on the cutting room floor, or maybe were never even shot, I don't know. Was anybody like freaking really annoyed by the fact that they never got back to that Julie Madison storyline? <laughs> oh my god, yes! It was like, what was the point? We of- should get married, and he's like Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And no mint insult to Elle McPherson, but what was the deal with just casting random models as as actresses and love interests? Because, like, Vivica A. Fox is in there for, like, the one scene that she's in a nighty, and she's the only one not freezing in Mr. Freeze's, you know, headquarters. So, yeah, what that, what was up with? I, I literally assumed that one of the conditions uh, uh, under which Uma Thurman took on this film was that she said, I have a few friends you should meet. Yeah, you know. I don't Vivica A. Fox was a big deal because of Independence Day at the time. Oh yeah. Um but um I mean they did some a similar thing in Batman Forever where they had um I don't remember their names in the movie. Sugar and Spice. Yeah. yeah. Sugar and Spice, that's right. I had trading cards with those those cats on it. I couldn't remember. But yeah, uh Two Faces Women, uh Debbie Mazart, good actress, Drew Barrymore, good actress. Both mm-hmm. kinda like Drew a little bit more than Debbie, but both top level actresses. No reason for them to be like in five minutes of a movie in in like no clothes yeah but there they were in lingerie a a role that would normally (laughs) just be good to get your sag card that's absolutely it was nothing it was it was a side bit and they were both better than that years before that i i contend that it was a little bit of what happened in the original batman series where just like celebrities like oh shit man i want to be in a batman movie like okay well we don't have a role for you can i please just be like i don't know two faces ho like oh okay (laughs) sure whatever if you want to do that okay cool i want to be in a batman movie well so Somebody already said they wanted to do that. Wait, I have an idea. Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mays are way better, way better choices for Poison Ivy than Uma Thurman. Yeah. 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 Just saying. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I feel like we need to talk about some of the particular scenes in this film. Which ones do we have in mind? I mean, there's, honestly. There's th- one set of shots, just one set of shots in particular that I have to point out because you know we're all thinking oh, okay, about Okay, what? I don't know. No, no amount of genitalia did not make it into this <laughs> film. <laughs> like crotch shots for all <laughs> i could not believe what i was seeing when i saw that oh and the weird part is they, they don't even give you just a quick butt shot it's like they start at the thigh and and like pull it up like you feel violated by the camera yes. work i'm just saying it's bullshit that alicia silverstone's suit is the only one that didn't have nipples <laughs> And yes. yeah, who who let Schumacher have all that all that rope and then finally pulled him in just then? Like, oh no, but she can't have nipples. Sorry, 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 Joel. No, buddy, you can't do that. No, I I feel like they were like, should we put nipples on hers? And he was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, give her a bat bra. Give her like a little fake bat bra. Like, should we do the bat camel toe? No, absolutely not. We don't want that. It's not this kind of movie. Fifties like uh, an overworked cone ish looking thing, and like the overworked cone Madonna used to wear. It was right. somewhere between those. Yeah. <laughs> It was brutal. <laughs> Here's something else I want to talk about. Why the why the fuck do you have a convertible Batmobile? Right. An open top <laughs> Batmobile uh, and a one-seater. When, you, when you've had a two-seater car and then suddenly you have a movie that's called Batman and Robin. No, and then you suddenly switch to the one-seater. It's, like it's like he got nervous that someone was going to like take his screen time and went, oh, fuck, I'm redesigning this thing. <laughs> Only one right. guy can fit in here because chicks dig the car. You know what I think it was? And it would have been a great line for them to have in the movie i think he got sick of hearing chris o'donnell <laughs> no 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 no, guys i think you have it all wrong i, I think you're missing it on this I, I think really what it came down to is batman basically introduced the new suits to you know him and robin and robin is like basically like what the fuck are these nipples on here there's no way i'm sitting in your car anymore i don't know what's wrong with you yeah yeah like all of that uh all of that like nice cautious uh i don't know thinking about maybe whether you should go with this older man who's suddenly very uh inclusive and a weird, all of that stuff that should have happened in the original Robin story he just finally called on and did it between 
seen films, by the way, because we didn't ever get to see it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I would I would love to see that he, like, shows up. He's like, you know, Bruce, you're looking a lot different these days. Um, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 You did something with your hair? The reason that they have only one seat is because the designers actually thought it would be really cool to do, like, a roadster type of thing. Like, a retro roadster type of uh, design. I, I didn't care for it. I don't care for the whatever it is. The, what is it? A, like, a disco-looking thing in the center of it? Uh, it's weird. It There's, like, a... There's a rave party that powers the engine. <laughs> I remember being like, and what 13, is the purpose of that? I'm watching it, and they like the little red bird comes up, and it's a. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, yeah, it's the red bird, and then like the, like opens up, and I've been reading the comics, of course, the fool that I am, and it's a little dinky <laughs> motorcycle, and I'm like, oh bullshit, he has a car, he has a car. <laughs> Dick Grayson did not have a car. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Drake had the car, but still. But oh, and and speaking about Robins, did anybody else notice that one they had an actually semi comic accurate Robin costume in Batman Forever. And then for Batman and Robin, it's like they took what actually looks like the New 52 Nightwing costume it and does. stuck a cape on it. Yes, and I loved that <laughs> At costume. At the very least, it looked like they just redesigned it to look like Batman's. It, it, he just got assimilated by, you know, the Batmanism. I see. I was excited because I was like, I saw that and I thought, oh, that's that's like a stepping stone between Robin and Nightwing that I could deal with. And you know what? They're probably going to go like full Nightwing the next time. And then I saw the movie and dreams were dashed. Yeah, all hope was lost. <laughs> you know, I will say this. Now, I actually felt like the Robin costume, the first one before they got to that weird, like, icy costume that they had later on in the <laughs> you film. Mean, you mean the, I, we got to sell to- we gotta sell more action figure variants right. of all these costumes? Right. So we'll talk about the action figure variant that they had later. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the, I think the initial one, actually, if you take those fucking nipples out of there, it uh-huh. actually looks like a fairly <laughs> decent costume if, you didn't, if it wasn't so shiny. Like, mm-hmm. it actually, like, I could see something like that actually working today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, Greg Capullo would draw that just fine. Yeah. I mean, I actually felt like was actually wasn't too bad but then it just got freaking ridiculous by the end of the <laughs> film when they like dropped off into a, a phone booth and changed into their silver right. lining yeah. costume the one that apparently alfred had time to design oh, no they had to go back to the bat cave to do all of that to get i mean i don't know why i'm trying to introduce logic it was probably just sitting in an alley the bat slot <laughs> bat blade all that bullshit but importantly like what i from what i understand what happened is like they actually brought in the toys to the costume designers and said make this oh no yeah. no that's did they really that bullshit that is what i that's what I've, I've read that you know lots of rumors and lots of myths happen on the set you know after the fact that's the scuttlebutt as it is yeah okay david so david you actually you, you jumped on something i didn't quite understand uh, like when did that costume happen sw- when did that switch happen actually in the film because all of a sudden like suddenly they're in different costumes and i was like you know because i've only seen it one time i was like what just happened i mean shit is going down and they they stop for for a costume change so i mean to to the point you made they're like basically in some alley did they literally like suddenly all you know duck into an alley i mean that must have been kind of awkward they're all stripping out of their costumes and putting on these other ones. Oh, and really awkward when Robin pops a little Robin boner because he sees Alicia over there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, like, Robin, you know, they, they come together like, will you trust me, et cetera, et cetera. Robin goes to, like, trick Poison Ivy into thinking, like, okay, I've gone to your side. Um, mm-hmm. But he's got the rubber lips. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Batman shows up. They're fighting, like, vines and Poison Ivy and, like, Robin's in, like, a pool and getting reversed and editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad someone else saw that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? By if the way, you thought you saw the same film twice, yeah. you're not wrong, sir. That was that was so weird. That's what happened. That's what you saw. They didn't get coverage. <laughs> they needed that scene. They needed him to stay underneath that water for a little longer, and they didn't have the scenes. No, Schumacher was weeping into his hands at the time and didn't realize that they didn't get all the shots they needed. 
<laughs> so like Batgirl comes in, you know, the Batman shows people the video, like, oh, and then Freeze like runs off. No, that was later. Sorry. She says the thing about how she killed Nora Freeze. Um, Bat, uh, Batgirl beats her because of course we can't have like males beat the shit out of a terrible villainous who's killing people. And, yeah, uh, yeah. but they're, so they're like fighting in high heels and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And then the plant <laughs> who's like her slave or whatever eats her for no reason, even though she's not eating at the end. I don't get it, but. Well, yeah, uh, that's a, a very specific kind of South American plant that you can only sit in one time. Right. After you've sat in it the first time, it's your enemy. <laughs> so then in between, like, I don't know, throwing f- ivy into the flower, they're like, okay, so Mr. Freeze is going to the observatory where there's going to be like a ton of these giant diamonds that he claimed was really rare at the beginning of the movie. And mm-hmm. there's going to be some like big cartoon planets going around because that's what observatories mm-hmm. do. And <laughs> right. he's going to turn that shit into like a giant ice can and he's going to freeze the city. Oh, wait, it's, ha- it's happening right now. It's happening right now in the narrative. The city is freezing. We should probably go home and get our ice sleds. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had that little like uh, he had that little airboat kind of like sled of Robin had. Yeah. They right. all had some sort of ice thing. And I'm like, one of you, you didn't even know existed until about two seconds ago. How did you make a vehicle? He's Batman. <laughs> they actually managed to make like a scene that was that was less plausible than them having like ice skates in their freaking boots. OK, we need to talk about that. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> What yeah. gets me, though, is that why did they, if you know you're going into a building that's already frozen, because Commissioner Gordon has told you that the new villain has arrived in town and he's frozen the museum, why aren't those freaking ice skates already out? Yeah. Yeah. You could have used them to get down, like, to Flintstone your freaking way down the, the, the dinosaur just as well, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, I, I'm just going to throw it out there, a grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> So was was I the only one who well while I thought like I remember in the theater like when they when that were in the rocket the Mr. Freeze rocket and they like jumped out after him on those boogie board things you mean the doors <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why those were even built in. But I thought that looked when I was in the theater as a kid. I saw that and I was like, "That is so cool and so dumb." Like I was so excited and so ashamed at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I honestly think the cinematographer, like in high school, failed physics, and some bully laughed at him, and he was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to prove that physics don't matter." And he made this film. I'm still trying to understand why the fuck Mr. Freeze needed a rocket, and then the rocket just serves to blow up, and then the tank that the rocket was attached to he goes and drives that off after they've gone down the furnace also he takes the rocket and then goes like right back where he came from right oh practically however the furnace thing did make me think about that level in arkham city so it was like oh pleasant memory and then it was dashed right (laughs) (laughs) to my knowledge to to my recollection i've never been able to find out why he had the rocket in the first Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. i don't know how a rocket that size would create would make gotham a crater either that doesn't seem right no no there's no way i'm not a scientist so I don't really know the physics myself, but that doesn't seem right. No, no one in this movie understands craters. They also thought that, like, <laughs> all right, they think that, A, this tiny little, like, one-person vessel, uh, this is basically the size of a small yacht, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Could create a, a, a crater that's going to actually swallow Gotham City, which is... It's what, the size of a minivan. People or something. Yeah. That thing is going to just destroy an entire city. The city itself wouldn't give a, a, a half a damn about that thing falling. Like, four people would have a really bad day. That's it. Right. Same time, he doesn't <laughs> right. understand craters at all as far as, like, oh, the, apparently there wasn't a, a meteor that actually destroyed the dinosaurs. He's convinced it was ice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean... 
I forgot Complete about misunderstanding that. of holes. <laughs> Which is really why his wife was frigid. Right. Uh. Oh, can we also talk about the fact that now that I'm watching it about, you know, 19 years later, Poison Ivy makes so many more sexual induendo you know, she, ma- she makes the same amount of sexual induendo jokes. <laughs> I just didn't pick up on them until I was in my 30s. I, I mean. Oh. I caught it when I was 13, sadly. The one that I did not, mi- that I missed was the, when she breaks uh, Mr. Freeze out of Arkham and she says, oh, I'll help you grab your rocks. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My favorite was my garden needs tending. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. That one was that one was um uh, it didn't matter what age you were, you somehow like you dropped your nuts when you heard that one. You couldn't help it. <laughs> Oh, and the uh, nice stems, buds too, you know, if we, we right. can keep on going. <laughs> right. See, okay, look, you guys are making an excellent case for why I think they knew what, exactly what they were doing. Like, they're, it's awful, but it's so clear. I, look, do you think it's possible that, that the writer, like, uh, uh, writers, was it just the one writer and then it went through like a series of, of uh, uppercuts by a couple other people? Um, I'm sure it did, because Akiva is the only one who gets screen credit for it, but I, I... So she's the one they blamed? Like, she's the one they threw under the bus? Um, yes. He. He. He, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but man, do you think it's possible that this this whole script was written as kind of a uh, like a joke to one of the producers? That like <laughs> the, the whole thing was written and they thought, oh man, he's gonna think this is hilarious. And then the guy accepted it and they thought, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> well, that would certainly explain a hell of a lot more than the sad reality. <laughs> yeah. I think they actually he I think he probably wrote something legitimate and they kept whittling it down and changing it and memoing it like until it was what it was. And that coupled with the fact that no one they you know, everyone wanted to do it because they were like, it's Batman. And look at Batman Forever was huge. And they get there and they're like, oh, yeah. this is shit. No one's into it. Yeah, that's the thing about movies. And and it's always so weird because I've, you know, it's so much different between movies and theater. Because in theater, once a playwright writes a script, you don't fucking touch it. It's gold. That is gospel. Right. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Playwright is God in the theater. They, they literally have him stand up after the play is done sometimes. So he gets his own standing ovation. Exactly. And if they want to make any changes, if, if, a, if a play is being produced you no know, he's there and if there are any rewrites that need that happen he or she makes them what i've yeah, learned so right. much is uh, with you know movie scripts is you can write that first script once they pay once they pay you the check for that script it's like fuck off and anything yeah, yeah. can happen to it it, it but it's still going to be your name on the screen but you never know how many hands that script goes through so i would not be surprised if akiva got fucked on this movie oh guaranteed akiva got fucked i mean i've heard worst case scenarios where the the rewrite process went into the hundreds where the guy who you know man or woman who was actually on the credits was i guess the first draft and then it went through literally three digits worth of rewrites nothing recognizable yeah. by the time this thing was actually out there. Yeah. yeah like that is just I, I i i feel really bad for those people well and you hear that all the time in, in films that uh, really that's it, it has no semblance to what they originally had turned in with the script i mean that's happened many times i can't tell i uh, can't remember how many different times i've actually uh heard that, like greg berlanti did the original script for the Green Lantern movie that got, you know, yeah, shot upon right. so so heartily. Apparently, according to everyone who actually read the original script, that was going to be a damn good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think the actual movie that came out was all that bad, but still, it did not get acclaimed. It had a lot of editing problems. It had a ton of editing it problems. It did, it did. I have actually seen the extended version, and it's 
the editing some of the editing problems are gone look this this has got to stop be this has got to stop being some a thing with wb man like guys stop <laughs> editing this these things terribly oh it's a great <laughs> film can you just do it like 30 minutes shorter <laughs> i weep for for what we could have had well let's let's get back into batman and robin here because i know you guys want to not talk about it but <laughs> can, can, no 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 actually do you guys remember an episode of the animated series the actual new adventures called uh the legends of the dark knight yes i love yeah. that episode yes do you remember the joel schumacher call out yes i do because <laughs> the guy's name is joel and he's got the feather boa yes and he's got the long hair and they're all talking about all the things that they they think batman is like and he's like Are you guys talking about batman i love batman i hear he wears like really skin really tight leather suits and his car can drive up walls and they're like get real joel <laughs> <laughs> And, and I love the fact that it's like the girl who looks like Carrie Kelly that tells him to, no, fuck off. All right. <laughs> yeah. So good. Anyway, yeah. That related, see? <laughs> Tim, I know you wanted to talk about sets. Yes. Well, I mean, we, we kind of talked a little bit about it. I mean, first of all, like, talk about the Batcave. Like, what was up with that Batcave? There was basically all these, like, weird neon lights and then these little lasers shooting in different directions and then the enclosure that covered up, you know, the Batmobile. And I guess the one I remember was Robin's bike. Basically, yeah. this thing kind of opened up and it had this elaborate bat symbol design. Now, was this designed that way because they were basically selling toys that had these designs? I just don't remember. It's It's got to be. I I don't remember. No, the Batman set, the actual like Batcave set that they released with Batman and Robin, and I know this because I have it, is the exact same is is the exact same one that they released with the 1989. They released okay. that thing like several times. The same Bat uh, Batcave Wayne Manor set that like folds up, and they put it put different stickers in every time mm. to put on the the computer screens and whatnot. But so I think more than anything, it was just very very <laughs> um i think it was just the designers in a lot of cases and they're, they're, that's what they thought was cool like schumacher and his team they started all the neon light shit mm-hmm. when yeah. like you have serving trays that have damn looks like a you know open bar sign on it it just seemed like everyone got very excited about leds around this time yeah, <laughs> yeah and was was anybody else like uh was anyone else so, not surprised that schumacher did phantom of the opera i mean he basically did it in both of these men forever and returns like the big like gala scene was almost exactly <laughs> the same like they did the same like start high you know pan low shot they i mean mm-hmm. they just changed out the performances and the decor it was actually probably the same set they have like the big you know they had the gossip gertie and the big drums and all the things i, I don't know it was it was that, rough that wouldn't be surprising at all if they pulled that right right out of storage that's why i told jason that he should probably watch batman forever first because if anything like it's actually important to to see that so you could say batman and rob was even more of a hack than than we thought <laughs> you gotta <laughs> yeah. go back to the old one and say like look they reused these sets and they just it's a progression i think of just like more and more ridiculousness they had the giant statues in batman forever but now they have to have several more and they're much bigger and they apparently crumble if you freeze them and mm-hmm. yeah it's ridiculous i, I don't know <laughs> yeah. I, the, it is a pretty city it, it looks cool it looks like a place i would want to go to if i wasn't afraid of you know a random ice car ju- falling on my head at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, I always love that. Like, uh, you always see the one road that kind of drives 
basically through the top of the city between mm-hmm. buildings. And I always kind of wonder like how they have that thing supported. Is it basically just cantilevered out from each building? Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. that thing kind of goes way back. Uh, you actually saw that in Batman the Animated Series as well, which I always thought was mm-hmm. kind of a cool look. But but what about what about some of the props? Now we have to talk about that. We had things like a bat saw. We had a bat credit card. Oh we God. Had, oh, I think we can stop right there. <laughs> and the expiration on the card was forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. I know. What was the What was the company like? Uh, Gothbank or something? It was Gothbank. No, well, I know, it was looked like American Express card, but it actually says Gothbank in the corner where it would. And they used the American Express tagline. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Before Samuel L. Jackson got involved. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, he's Capital yeah. One. Never mind. Sorry, I mix up credit cards. <laughs> I avoid them. <laughs> Yeah, me too. So that was just ridiculous as well. What about the uh, what about the grappling bar that Batman uses at the end to save the scientists, but then come right back up? And it was like, how the thing was was that occasionally I can give Bat gadgets uh, some leeway that there's some way that they fit on a belt. But yeah. mm-hmm. he was pulling shit out that I was like, okay, where the hell was that? Honestly, right. there was no fucking way that fit into a belt or collapsed into your belt or could attach <laughs> at any point. Like you, you know, in Brave and the Bull when he keeps pulling the uh like he keeps he keeps pulling a sword out of his belt but it looks like it kind of wraps around and it, it like nanotech style like becomes uh, sturdy when he gets it at full flexibility and like, brave and the bold is literally more believable than this movie in some ways it absolutely is and more entertaining fits a fair amount of his gadgets and securely into his bat crevice i believe <laughs> right <so>. right <laughs> What was the thing with his belt buckle? Like, wasn't it like one time it was used to like heat something? Didn't it like turn into a heater? And then there was another time, wasn't it like a little, it was like a little video screen or something? Well, yeah, he, he, he's got like the bat smartphone is, is, yeah. And he records it from a different angle. And somehow he does that while he's like, both hands are clearly tied up while he's supposed to, <laughs> while she's saying, it makes no damn sense. There's no way yeah. that that footage was ever anywhere near this guy. Also, around this time, it it was just like a, a wet dream of Steve Jobs that you would ever be able to do anything like that with a gadget that small. Right. No way. How did you guys like the uh, shoehorn scientists who basically were like Three Stooges caricatures? Oh. They're just like, what, what, what? Oh, no. You know what it was? Uh, I didn't really uh, pick up on the whole like, um, you know, kind of shoehorn thing. But what I thought was pretty amusing about this was it basically they must have been in the production of this film. They said, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to add in some comedy relief. <laughs> and so they basically yeah. just through these scientists up there. We don't have enough puns to, to make sure the comedy's there. Yeah, we, we, we really need to kind of lighten this up a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of bad. And I want to be, seriously, these scientists have like Olympic level arm strength. They do. And hand strength. <laughs> yes, do. And he just like leaves them out there dangling, like, y'all okay? Hope you are, because I got better shit to do. <laughs> And finally gets around to saving them while they're falling. Yes. I mean, well, I want to get to what Dave was talking about when he's talking about the big ass diamonds that happen at the end. I want to talk about how do how do diamonds work as a power source? I, I'm, I, he just dumps he just dumps diamonds into the arm of his, of Mister Freeze's suit, and suddenly I'm at full power. What the hell? I mean, I, yeah. And, and why did it have to be something so complicated like diamond enhanced lasers to keep your suit cool? Well, how do U.S. military satellites direct sunlight to melt ice on a city? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Because, of course, that's what that's what you can do. <laughs> 
and, and, and also turning a telescope into a laser. Not at all actually radiation that's doing that. So <laughs> you can just redirect the light and it does fine. Like enhancing a laser with a diamond, I don't know, in theory, for, for just a second, that makes sense. I, I mean, it, it's at least clear it and see through. And yeah, it sounds okay. And, uh, you know, there's, I can bring up phrases like the crystalline structure and stuff that might make you half believe me for a damn second. But right. every other thing about that, like it, when, if you put a, a diamond in a suit and ask it to power the suit, the amount of energy it should take to do anything to a diamond should be far exceeded by anything that should have to be done to it. <laughs> Just in general. I, it, there's no way. There's no damn way. And I know that six, Batman 66 did it. I know that Gotham does it right now. But I'm sorry. If you're a man who cannot survive under sub-zero, you know, above sub-zero temperatures, why the fuck do you not wearing a helmet? How is it that your entire body can be cooled, but you're just oozing out, you know, whatever cold you have from the open head you've got? I just... Yeah. Right. What? Also, apparently you have, like, a very specialized brand of cigar that can exist lit in negative 50 degrees <laughs> temperatures. Right. You guys are overlooking the fact that in Mr. Freeze's lair, he had an intense heat setting on his thermostat. Why? Of course. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> that at least that at least works with the, the Mr. Freeze's first appearance in Batman 66, which they kind of where that, you know, it's like I, I click the toggle switches and suddenly I can make portions of the room, you know, quote, room turn temperature. Red. Even, right, right. Turn red. Right. The beloved uh, red and blue filters. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Which at least I appreciated the cold zone in Arkham Asylum that kind of called back to that with, by the way, Jesse Ventura as a guard at Arkham. That yeah. was just weird. Right. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't even realize that was him until later. I love the other guy too. The guy with who the eye patch. Who just like I don't know, but he just like stood there and watched like Poison Ivy like f his boy over. You know, like he was just like waiting his turn. Like, hey man, yeah, uh, get, when's get, my turn? When's my turn? <laughs> you're choking. What? What? He's like falling over and stuff. But hey, I, yeah, okay, I'll kiss you. <laughs> I, I really, I just assumed that was a drug addict and he was waiting for whatever his hit was. Like, oh, it's it cool. Be. Like, is that like methish? <laughs> so, did you guys kind of notice a lot of the rubbery icicles throughout this? Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they'd be like opening a door that had all these icicles and they'd open it and these it was clearly like these rubbery icicles they genuinely like wobble they'd wobble <laughs> it's like that's how little effort they were putting into this <laughs> yeah and then the other thing too like uh, one more thing on mr freeze that i want to talk about did you notice how like he had the, the lit up areas in his suit yeah why did it why did they design a lit up bra on his chest i i i want to know i was more interested in how that lit up mouth thing worked because he was lit up inside of his mouth man oh was <laughs> okay oh yeah he was lit up inside of his mouth that's not human that's not all that's not okay and I don't think the freezing process does that either. No, no, let's talk about the one that my wife even noticed, which is as he's falling out of the rocket and suddenly metal wings are going to help him to glide through the air. And all my wife said, why does Mr. Freeze look like he's got a metal butterfly on his back? And I went, oh my God, I've never seen that before. That's hilarious. Hey, you know what? Physics or no, that was a badass thing. That was badass. Like- <laughs> is that the same as boogie boarding on the doors? Oh, I hate anything you have to preempt by physics or not. (laughs) Right. I can't help it, man. Like he's like falling and those wings pop out. And I was like, that was some kind of, that was like shit from my childhood. Like when the wings would pop out of your little, uh, silver Hawks toy, you're like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the closest. That's still the closest I've ever gotten to a silver Hawks movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Or a similar CBD at this point, right? Oh, I have um, I have both seasons. Anyway. Oh, you managed? Okay. 
um so yeah most of the things in this movie don't make sense i you can i i actually wrote down about half of a page and just went you know what i'm in i'm exactly 30 seconds into this movie yeah i stopped writing things down because it was it was too overwhelming i started like writing things down like okay you know i'm gonna have to write everything down so i could fill up for like you know an hour hour and a half you know combined episode here and and i was in the same boat like i literally had my page filled up (laughs) within like the first like 10 minutes of the film i'm laughing Mm -hmm. my ass off at all three of you who actually wrote shit down i'm here going what the hell what why what what even what even possessed any of you to think that that was a good idea no i was planning for how my brain works this was bad enough that i was going to try to repress it (laughs) well i wanted to okay i'm an engineer when i plan things out i like put all these things together and i try to organize my thoughts so that's a little more coherent and it became to be too much and i just gave up (laughs) my brain could not handle this movie (laughs) how can you try to organize something that itself is not organized i mean the the plot jumps around in ways that's like how does this connect to that it doesn't it, it, it doesn't. that is fair you're you're trying to do a proof for two plus two equals three right it n- mm-hmm. no no and, and it, uh, just alone the the effects of ice uh, the effects of his gun during the movie alone would just just baffle you beyond any kind of capacity I, uh, there's you, you got no fucking chance man no none i'll say this though when he was in when they i don't know why they put him in the same jail cell with poison ivy i really don't because arkham it doesn't make any sense i don't know why they gave him his suit <laughs> because arkham well, to be fair they did that in gotham as well that scene looked badass the shot of him like in the shadows with just that little bit shining yeah yeah that looked good and that was some of her best acting just looking scared yeah he says something about the, like the winter of your doom or some bullshit like whatever that was badass all of that i was like yeah finally something i like in this movie <laughs> That doesn't have to do with Alfred dying. <laughs> I want to talk about kind of the legacy of this film a little bit as, as a wrap up because we've talked we talked in part one how this kind of killed the Batman franchise until 2005 when Batman Begins sure. came out. But mm-hmm. it also not only did it do almost irreparable harm to Batman, it almost did irreparable harm to comic book movies as an industry. I yes. mean, mm-hmm. the only redeeming factor was that in the same year or was it the year after? I don't remember. Blade came out from New Line cinema but it was such a sleeper that it, it developed kind of like a cult following but except for that I mean call me out if I'm wrong here but there wasn't any redeeming film until about X-Men in 2000 was kind of there but then Spider-Man in 2002 was really like okay comic book movies are coming back well that, those were the films that actually redeemed this was actually like X-Men and Blade gets a lot of credit because the, the Blade franchise actually did it produced a lot of money like Blade gets a little bit of credit the Spider-Man films get a little bit of credit even though he kept rebooting him because Sony um X-Men yeah. did some good but it it got it got mixed reviews like no one was really no one was going to bet like the Marvel Cinematic Universe on it yet no one was going to hire John Favreau for for this it, you know it it just it hadn't earned it well Blade came out and it was totally a sleeper in 98 um it was there, but it was more in line with uh, with horror enthusiasts than it was with comic book fans or anyone who would be willing to uh, bank any kind of, you know, mainstream money on making one. X-Men really did with Brian Singer, oddly enough, who was, you know, beloved for uh, Usual Suspects and Apt Pupil uh, yeah. doing it that gave it gave the uh, genre a little more credibility. And by that time, you know, Blade 2 had kind of come out and been kind of a badass movie in its own right. But, uh, you know, you can't... 
you and spider-man obviously like kind of showed just where like the line should be drawn like yes we need to be comic book but yes we need to be serious and look at these badass special effects and in particular it it pointed out how much money could be made i think batman and robin is important because is it's very important because you can't know where you shouldn't be going until you've been there and went oh my god that's awful why would we oh, do yeah. that i don't know we were trying to sell toys well that's not the point you shouldn't be doing that okay like there's a uh there's a concept called reductio ad absurdum this is this is what that is what is that explain you, you you push a thing to its its most absurd point to prove that it cannot possibly be a good uh, like a good train of logic oh it's kind of like our political situation this year yeah Pretty much, yeah <laughs> i got you <laughs> or every year um yep but yeah uh i would say like batman and robin is absolutely not the worst we could have done if you really want to go back into the precedented mythos of the bat go back to the uh the wortham years when they were fighting space aliens oh, and traveling yeah. back in time and hanging out with adam and eve and shit yeah, yeah you really like we could have really gone back into some some shit that, and you know i kind of wish we had just a little bit there's a little part of me like if i had like unlimited money i would totally <laughs> make the worst batman movies ever and just see what happened like i would lo- <laughs> and i would love to just go and like i would actually love to get joel schumacher and george clooney back and just see like let's not make it in that canon but let's do something else let's just like do something you want to do no studios because i believe that there is a good batman movie in those guys i do it would be at least a fun a fun psych experiment to just tell those two guys like all right i know you two can do this now i wouldn't want to touch dcu <laughs> no no I, I, let him have an elseworld tell let him out hell let let him do like an animated movie where Clooney voices it and Schumacher directs it. Like even make it in a, a complete vacuum if you want to. But uh, let them do a film and say, no one's going to touch you. No one's going to give you suggestions. What did what did you actually want to do with this movie? Yeah, I would love to see that. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to see that. <laughs> You know what? If I had unlimited money, I would buy Warner Brothers, and DCU would eventually get to Crisis on Infinite Earth, and we would see Clooney, Keaton, Kilmer, if we could get them, you know, and we'd probably ignore Bale and make a joke about it. Right. However many Batman we could get together in one room, I would totally do that. I want to see Crisis on Infinite Earth, so I want to see, like, everything have Like, seeing that... Like that, that '90s Flash in the TV show Flash was one of the happiest moments of my life. Like in that yeah. little blurb. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Is like if if I had unlimited uh, resources, <laughs> I, I would see all of those Batman in a scene where they were wondering who each other were, and the person who happens upon them is Grant Gustin. Right. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, you. Yeah. You break the wall in a way that Grant Morrison would be proud of. Well, it, they almost did that. Did you guys ever see that Batman '75 short that the late great Darwin Cook did? That was like a Batman Beyond short but he ends up fighting absolutely like, that th- mm-hmm. those robots it's like all the different batman and oh, all, yeah. that's what that scene would be like because oh, that yeah. like little minute and a half cartoon that darwin cook did was brilliant mm-hmm. yeah oh it's gorgeous okay guys so are, do you, what else uh, you have anything on your hearts i'm from the south so we're all from birmingham most of us sorry tim um <laughs> We know the old preacher speak. Y'all have anything that Lord's laid on your hearts to talk about in regards to Batman and Robin? Anything more <laughs> before the benediction here? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would kind of say, uh, the only thing that's on my heart is it, it's immensely depressing to me that Batman v Superman is only 16 points higher than what this was rated um, on Rotten Tomatoes. I agree. That to me, Ridiculous. that speaks a lot to how much weight you should actually put in Rotten Tomatoes. I absolutely. completely agreed. And the thing is, though, uh, I'm going to take one more opportunity. I say one more as I'm not going to do this in the future to suggest you go watch the ultimate edition it's worth it it it's is just it really it's is. completely worth it we're talking about batman v superman, yeah, batman v. superman. Yeah. there's no ultimate edition of batman and robin <laughs> <laughs> i can say please tell me i didn't miss out on something 
No, the ultimate edition of Batman and Robin is like two hours of blank film. <laughs> yeah. Right. Imagine a world where this didn't happen. Oh yeah, well we we couldn't we couldn't agree more. In fact, uh, Scott and I are about ready to go talk about this. Oh, uh, looking forward to listening to that one. <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are I I just can't believe I actually own this movie on Blu-ray. But you know no. when you can buy a four-disc collection uh, for fifteen bucks, it's like oh what the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why the hell not? Yeah. Why the hell not? And and, and that. And that's my overall feelings of this movie is kind of like a, why the hell not? I will go back and watch Batman. I will go back and watch Batman Forever. I'm not fond of Batman Returns, but I hate Batman and Robin. (laughs) For for as dark and as gross as Batman Returns is, that's how fucking stupid Batman and Robin is, in my opinion. So, I mean, they're kind of on different ends of the spectrum for me. Right. Well, I can say this. I, I will probably never watch this film again in my life. Good for you. Good for you. And that's what, and I actually, right before I came down here to record, I mentioned that to my wife and she goes, well, maybe we can make a drinking game out of it. Like every <laughs> single time something stupid happens, we take a drink. And I just basically reminded her that we're parents and we have children in the other room. We can't get shit faced. That's like my bachelor party when we t- did the drinking game of uh, drinking every time it said fuck and Big Lebowski. I was passed on the floor in 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, right. No. <laughs> if you were 21 and a half, zero responsibilities in your life, you're already past your freaking finals. And this was like the two weeks before you had to go visit your parents. Every time something stupid happened in this film, you, you would die. You would you would <laughs> be declared DOA at the hospital 45 minutes after you started the film. Or at the very least, you would need those two weeks to recover. I right. think every time a filmmaker receives a ridiculous memo from a, from a producer, they should be allowed to send them a copy of Batman and Robin. It should just be on hand, on set. <laughs> Like a few hundred copies, they send them the disc. Like, oh, we'll see what they said about that. Mem- oh, yeah. What you got? You get Batman and Robin? I got Batman and Robin. Oh, that's bad. I know. It really didn't like my my idea. How about you guys? Did you have any final notes? I think that was my final note. <laughs> <laughs> that may be right. I think Jason gets the last word here. Not all heroes wear masks. That actually wasn't a bad line. <laughs> it feels like it was stolen from somewhere else, though. See, we're gonna bookend it with something positive. Right. There were some okay things in there from when when they decided to write a movie. Movie, intermittently <laughs> <laughs> after the drinking game that must have produced this script right when it wasn't a toy commercial it was fun thing i actually did i was like <laughs> after watching it i was like going around because like retailers just stopped selling it you had to go to like big lots or some shit and those batman and robin figures were in big lots for years for like 10 years yeah yeah <laughs> after because no one wanted to buy them and i just kept looking around for the i was like everything else was an action figure i just kept looking around for the dead for the dying alfred figure i couldn't figure out why julie madison was in it and she <laughs> We didn't have a figure. McGregor Alfred? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the exclusive variant. Yeah. Bruce falls down and Alfred picks him up. Dude, Schumacher did that shit before Nolan did it. Oh, why, yeah. do we, why do we fall, Master Wayne? To learn to pick ourselves back up. I'm just glad <laughs> it was Goff who got there first. <laughs> I just I just like Michael Goff. <laughs> I have no affection for Schumacher and his cronies. Not really, but right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's gonna do it. I I think anybody else got anything else? I got nothing else. I got nothing. I'm, I'm done with this film forever, <laughs> guys. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to our massive, epic, gigantic size team up with the Suicide Squad cast. Suicide Squad cast. Did I say that right? I don't know if I said that right. Anyway, of course you did. Yes, I, I think you got it. And if you if you didn't, I'm good at editing. I had a mini stroke there for a moment. We do have a long-running tradition of pronouncing everything badly. Our listeners are used to that. Why stop now? Thank you. Right. Thank you for to the Squawk of the Wasp Squawk's cast for... <laughs> 
<laughs> doing this crossover with us. Um, yes. Guys, where can we find you? Guys, you can find us at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. And if you want to reach us individually, you can reach the show at SuicideSquadcast on Twitter. And you can reach me on Twitter at AllenFire. And you can find me at ScottDC27. And yes, that is a Batman reference. <laughs> All right. And generally speaking, where can you find the show? Wherever you can find podcasts. <laughs> yeah, at Podcatchers. <laughs> Every podcatcher out there you can find us. I mean, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever else, you know, Google Play, pretty much everything. I'm going to suggest right next to where you can find our show. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, you know. <laughs> At least for this episode. So, sorry, I'm just used to I'm used to directing people to our website, dconscreen.com. See how I did that there? You can find every episode there. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well, or wherever pods be called, y'all. Uh, we are proud members of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com, uh, for all of those wonderful shows. Go check out our buddies, Steve West, Jacob Raspberry, Screen Splosion. Until next time, guys, as always, please, for the love of God, keep some DC on your screen. Just not this one yeah <laughs> see you guys so yeah uh tim scott again thanks for being on the show we loved having you no it's our pleasure thank you very much and uh we actually need to get going so we're gonna go record another episode for our show so thanks a lot guys and uh sweet we'll catch up with you again some other time bye guys all right guys have a good night this is why superman works alone 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance. Protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.